2: Welcome to the show World Soccer Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network also live on Sirius XM. I'm your host Nick Eber. It's great to be with you on another sad day in global football as we mourn the passing of former Liverpool manager, great manager Gerard Houllier, passes away at the ridiculously young age of 72 years old. Um We'll talk a little bit about Gerard Houllier and his legacy uh, after the break. Also, let's take a look back at the weekend that was the Premier League. We had a string of absolute shocking, uh, shocking results, I would say. None of the big teams at the top doing what they needed to do except for Leicester City. Let's go down it. Let's just go down the list. Let's talk about it. And uh, also, lots of people are writing to me about the Liverpool Fulham match, where Liverpool were quite frankly lucky to get a point. Uh, this was at Craven Cottage, and <clears throat> I have my own opinions about this match and about some of the external factors about why the match was as it was, not to take anything away uh, from Fulham and the way they played. All right, find me on Twitter at NickGebra, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, Facebook facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio love to hear from you. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, right here on these networks. By the way, I'd like to welcome to the show all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network, as well as iHeartRadio. Tune in the award-winning SiriusXM app, and our podcast is available on the Believe Podcast Network. We are presented by betonline.ag, and I will also give you some odds and values courtesy of BetOnline.ag for tomorrow's Premier League matches because we do have two, including an interesting clash between Wolverhampton Wanderers and Chelsea. Let's talk about that. Man City have somewhat of an easier fare ahead of them, but we can, I will brief you on that one as well. So, lots to get to today. We are jam-packed. Plus, of course, the Champions League draw is in. So, we have so much to get to today. So little time. Hang on, folks. It's going to be fast and furious. I'm <laughs> going
1: That's 800-410-4771.
0: Advance is helping you get your engine ready for the road this holiday season with the right oil, the right filter, at the right price every day. Get 5 quarts of full synthetic Mobile One, Valvoline, Castrol Edge, or Pennzoil Platinum with the Mobile One oil filter for just 33 dollars Plus, this holiday season, get a $25 NBA Store gift card and 2 times Speed Perks points instantly with the purchase of 5 quarts of Mobile One. Advance your auto at Advance Auto Parts and participating in CarQuest locations. See store for details.
5: Enjoy.
2: All right, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. I'm your host, Nick Geber, and I hope you enjoyed the Premier League matches this weekend. Terrific. Premier League is in full swing, as is the NFL. And while you might not be at the game due to COVID restrictions, you can still be in on the action at betonline.ag. They have game spreads and totals, team, player, coaching prop bets, they've got it all. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online, plus they have an online casino open 24-7, never closes like the casinos here at my hometown of Las Vegas. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up right now. Make BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. And I always remind you to make sports betting your entertainment and not your lifestyle. Well, let's uh, get this news out of the way because we do have a jam-packed show full of uh, fun discussion, stories, and news, but one that certainly isn't fun is the passing of former Liverpool manager Gerard Houllier, passing at the age of 73. Now, for those of you that don't know, Houllier managed Liverpool out of their slump, let's just say, uh, a dark slump for Liverpool. He took over co-managing Liverpool with Roy Evans uh, in the uh, late 90s, took over in charge in 1998, actually, he took over with Roy Evans. And uh, very quickly thereafter, Gerard took sole charge of Liverpool. He came from Lens, he came from PSG, obviously a Frenchman, Gerard Houllier, and took Liverpool to what was for many years the crowning achievement of the modern era for Liverpool. When I say modern era, I mean of the recent era, which was the treble. They won the UEFA Cup, the FA Cup, and the League Cup what was called the Worthington Cup back there in the 2000-2001 season. Now, if you should ever be invited into my home, and uh, unless you are a supermodel, it's probably unlikely, you would see hanging in my house I have some signed Liverpool kit from that very era signed by the entire team and Gerard Houllier himself. Uh, You want to talk about who was on that team? Uh, You're talking about the likes of Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen... Uh, Vladimir Smita. Uh, The list goes on. I don't know why Vladimir's name came to mind. He was hardly a massive superstar. Uh, Steven Gerrard, of course. Uh, An era of Liverpool coming out of the darkness and then moving into more of the modern era. Now, of course, Liverpool still had plenty of travails uh, since then uh, on the way to winning uh, two Champions Leagues. Two finals, uh, two Champions Leagues, obviously, FA Cup and the final uh, to, and the, uh, the the Premier League. But Gerard Hulier really kind of the architect of the germination of the team that is you see today. So very sad about the passing of Gerard Hulier. He played 300 and he managed 307 matches with Liverpool, 160 wins. 73 draws, and uh, Jamie Redknapp also on that team. Actually, the more I think about it, there are some. There were some fantastic players on that era of Liverpool Football Club. Dietmar Hamann, Michael Owen, we mentioned Jamie Carragher, uh, Phil Thompson was his assistant manager. Robbie Fowler, we talked about. Uh, very sad indeed. Very sad to hear about the passing of Gerard Houllier. Okay, uh, let's move on to some other stories, uh, because the Champions League draw is out. And if you recall last week, I we worked through all the it- various iterations of the draw, and it is now final. So I can tell you who is facing who in the round of 16 in the Champions League. Here's how it's going to look. Uh, Manchester City have drawn Borussia Mönchengladbach, which was uh, a good draw for them, I suppose. They avoided Barcelona, they avoided Sevilla uh, and Atletico, uh, but I think actually, uh, well, depending on which Borussia Mönchengladbach shows up, right? Was it the Borussia that totally crapped out against Real Madrid, the last match of the group stages? Or is it going to be the Borussia Mönchengladbach that started off the uh, group stages so well? We'll have to wait and see uh, which one it is. But uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, Man City. Uh, Lazio drew Bayern Munich. And actually, that is a mouth-watering fixture. Very interested in that one. Atletico Madrid drew Chelsea. That is a tough draw for Chelsea, by the way. Uh, Liverpool, it could be said, drew had a decent draw. They could have got Atletico. They could have got Borussia gladbach Porto, Sevilla, Lazio, or Barcelona. But they drew Red Bull Leipzig. And I think if you'd asked me which of those teams they would rather have drawn, I would say it would have either been Lazio or Red Bull Leipzig. So I think Liverpool got what they wanted. We have a great fixture here. Porto versus Juventus. That should be an interesting one. As well, actually, they're all interesting. The really mouth-watering fixture is Barcelona versus PSG. Now, the my interest in this fixture uh, will be palpable because PSG have so much riding on this. The hopes, the aspirations, and really what they've been building this team for. But how much of this is going to be tempered by the relative fitness of one Neymar, who apparently did some substantial damage to his ankle over the weekend? We're waiting to hear specifically how long he's going to be out. Remember, these matches don't start, I don't think, until February. So... Uh, That is a great draw. If Neymar's not playing, it's gonna make it slightly less interesting. Remember, Barcelona not exactly on fire these days. But that's a great draw. Sevilla drew Borussia Dortmund. Atalanta drew Real Madrid. And I, I jokingly told you that Real Madrid have sort of bumbled and stumbled their way through the Champions League group stages, they, they didn't play particularly well, it came down to the last match against Borussia Mönchengladbach, where they kind of eked their way through, they came out on top of that group, despite possibly being eliminated on the last day of the group stages. So they went from being, I thought, favourites to be eliminated in the group stages, to coming out on top of the group. And because of there were so many Spanish teams in the Champions League and also that were unseeded, they had a very small selection of teams that they could have played. So Real Madrid could have played Porto, Atalanta, Lazio or Leipzig. I wouldn't say any of those four teams necessarily would have presented ginormous problems for Real Madrid. But Atalanta, the Italian fairy tale, is likely to come to um, an unfortunate end at the hand of Real Madrid here in the round of 16 as Madrid get what I consider to be the uh, easiest draw of the lot. What do you think? Let me know. Send me a tweet at Nick N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at World Soccer Radio. That's World Soccer Radio Uh, Once again, I'm with you Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern time. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East on Sports Overnight America for you early birds. And if you miss any part of the show, you can catch it on our podcast network, the Believe Podcast Network. So you be sure to download or subscribe to the podcast. All right, when we come back, let's take a quick look at the matches tomorrow, and then we'll go back and look at all the matches that happened in the Premier League over the weekend. We're going to start off at Molyneux, where Wolves are hosting Chelsea, uh, then the Etihad, where Manchester City are going to face West Brom. Actually, you know what, we have just a minute, so let's start with the Man City-West Brom match, because just so that you know, the odds makers uh, have West Brom as the uh, Plus 2,900 on the money line, which is telling you what an incredible underdog they are. Despite Man City having, uh, and really getting only a point against United in what was definitely one of the most boring matches of the weekend. By the way, uh, there is absolutely not a chance in hell that they're going to upset anybody. All right, we will be back with the rest. World Soccer Radio, right here. Don't go away. All right, welcome back. World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. I'm Nick Geber. We've got a lot to get to. Uh, we've been talking about, we spoke a little bit about Gerard Houllier, the sad loss of Gerard Houllier. The Champions League draw, we previewed a little bit the matches for tomorrow. But what we haven't talked about is the elephant in the room. And that is the results of the Premier League over the weekend. And I will preface this conversation by saying my picks were just awful. When we started, when I started my picks, I had no draws, and then I went back and I said, th- "I said, okay, I'll throw in a couple of draws." So I had Aston Villa beating Wolves at Molyneux. and then I changed that at the last minute to a draw, and I should never have done that. Really, that was a uh, very stupid move, because uh, Villa beat Wolves at Molyneux and I should have gone with my original pick, which was plus 199 for Aston Villa. Why did I say they were going to beat them initially? Well, it's because their away form has been nothing but sensational. They have a tendency to play up big with quote-unquote bigger teams, although one might say that Wolves isn't really a bigger team. But the style of play of Wolves really spoke well to the style of play to Villa, And Villa really just do well away from home, so that win uh, takes them up to tenth spot in the table. Their next match is against Burnley on Thursday. Of course, we have a whopping match coming up uh, later on this week on Thursday between on Wednesday between Liverpool and Tottenham. We're going to talk about that in advance. But Burnley, of course, getting there. Uh, first win off of Arsenal. We'll talk about that when we get there. So that'll be an interesting match up next. But yes, Villa played well. They beat Wolves. Wolves were definitely suffering, and um, I should have stuck with my original pick. I did pick Newcastle over West Brom, and that was the right pick because Newcastle ended up beating West Bromwich Albion at home. That was not an enormous surprise to me because West Brom are Pretty bloody awful. Uh, if you remember the match previously, they lost at home 5-1 to Crystal Palace. So I suppose losing away uh, 2-1 to Newcastle uh, at St. James's Park is not the worst result they could have had, although I know they certainly would have wanted a win, of course. Uh, the Manchester derby ended nil-nil. I'd predicted City would win. This was just an awful, awful match. I don't really know what else to say. If you tuned into this match and you were hoping for fireworks, for back and forth, for the passions that ignite with a a big derby match like this, you just didn't get it. It was boring. It was conservative. I think each team took the pitch just to ensure that they didn't lose. And I could see that from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's perspective. I mean, they get knocked out of the Champions League in the midweek, this is a big derby match, they're struggling uh, in, in Europe certainly, but then they're make their way they making their way up the table, they'd won a bunch of matches in a row. So I could see that this was a banana skin that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did not want to trip over. That in some respects it would be better to just put a line under the midweek Champions League exit and say, and not compound it with a loss. So I can sort of understand United at home taking that approach. I cannot understand the approach Pep Guardiola took. Man City looked short of ideas. They looked tired. They looked bored. They just didn't look like they they came out to win that match. And of course neither side did and it ended uh, in a very boring, the most boring match of the weekend was the Manchester derby. And I think what you're seeing here is really what you get in a situation where there are no fans for a derby match. The the fans, the 12th man for each side, really drives their team on with energy. And this match was decidedly lacking in energy. And it was exceptionally disappointing. So for me, for my money... Uh, This was the absolute worst match of the weekend and ended nil-nil, and I'm sorry that I got up to watch it, but I did. The last match of Saturday, if you can say we started off with Aston Villa-Wolves at Molyneux, and that was a surprise for many, the Villa won. But the last match of Saturday was, in many respects, uh, maybe outside of the Arsenal-Burnley match, a shocker because Chelsea were prohibited favorites at minus 128 on the money line going to Goodison Park to play an Everton side that have flattered to deceive at times they are a good team at heart no doubt about it they came off coming off uh, a loss to Leeds at home and then an away draw at turf to Burnley. So this is an Everton side that should be should have had a lot better results than they were having. Facing a Chelsea side that has been, to put it hmm, uh, t- t- simply as possible, absolutely sensational this season. And so when all was said and done. And Chelsea went into halftime at uh, 1-0, down to a 22nd-minute Guilfi Sigurdsson penalty. I think everybody expected the storyline was going to be the energy, the speed, the belief, the pace of the young Chelsea players was going to get it done, and that it was going to be at least a point, possibly three. But at half time, I don't think anybody thought this game will end 1-0, as it did. This, to me, was an absolute shocker. <clears throat> I mean, Reese James hit the inside of the post with a shot from distance. Mason Mount hit the crossbar. They had a penalty overruled. Uh, it was just one of these days. This was the first loss in 10 matches for Chelsea. And you have those days, no doubt about it, but this was certainly one of those days. And it was just such a weird week because Chelsea now dropped down to fifth in the table, which is a uh, big drop for them. Uh, They've now been supplanted by Southampton and Leicester. We're going to get to those matches uh, a little bit later on. And I think it was a bit of a shocker because if Chelsea had actually won that match, they would be at the top of the table right now, uh, literally at the top of the table. No, I'm sorry, they would be right behind Tottenham on goal differential. Well, depending on how they won the match. So they could be tied with Tottenham or they would have been ahead of Tottenham. One would have thought Chelsea could have dispatched Everton, but they didn't. It was a massive opportunity for Chelsea, and one I think they squandered, and squandered rather horribly. So that was the Saturday matches. Again, Villa beating Wolves, uh, Newcastle beating West Brom, City, United, a dour, dull draw. And we have to go back and examine both Man United and Man City and ask ourselves some very hard questions about these two clubs, because... I know we've said, you know, it's uh, injuries and it's the COVID schedule and it's the this and it's the that, but we are now 12 matches into the season. That's just a little bit under a third of the way through the season. And we have City and United in eighth and ninth spot. Uh, City are currently six points off the top of the table. United are five points. And I think we are far enough along in this season that we can start to ask some difficult questions. When we get to the end of the year, we'll be able to ask even more difficult questions. But I think the discussion about City and United really has to be had. Remember, United out of the Champions League, mid-table coming off the back of, yeah, some decent Premier League results, certainly, but ones where they've gone behind almost every half, every first half they've had to come, they've gone behind, they've had to come back. And that's worked fine. That's worked fine when you're playing the likes of West Brom or Everton or Southampton or West Ham United. But it's not going to work when you play the likes of Tottenham, Liverpool, Leicester. It just doesn't work that way. And we saw that in the Champions League. It doesn't work that way in the Champions League either. So we have to ask ourselves questions. We'll see as the days go on about that. I don't think there's much to take off this Chelsea loss. I just think this was rubber the green. Again, they hit the woodwork so many times. They had so many opportunities. It wasn't like they just sort of Rolled over to uh, Everton and let them come at them. I mean, Chelsea played, I think, in a normal week, in a normal match day, they would have won that game more often than they would have lost it. So they have a great opportunity coming up against Wolves, who are injury ridden. Coming up tomorrow, I suspect they will win. And I gave you my pick for tomorrow's match. I said, pick Chelsea for that, even though it is at Molyneux. I'm going to quickly give you the odds here if I can fi- find them. Uh, no, I cannot. I'll have to go back and get it. But anyway, I said pick Chelsea at Molyneux. All right, I'm going to go to break. When I come back, let's pick up with all of the Sunday matches, a little bit more preview about what's happening tomorrow, and uh, let's talk a bit about Neymar at PSG. Apparently his injury potentially not as bad, bad as one might be have thought or hoped Well, we don't hope his injury being i mean we hope that his injury isn't bad so that's potentially good news because we need the superstars of the game all right Nick Gieber, world soccer radio we'll be right back
0: The number one gift in this stressful year, relaxation from Homedics, now at up to 30% off. Soothing stress for over 35 years, Homedics is the top home massage products brand with gifts for every aching muscle on your list. With select items up to 30% off and free shipping on orders over $50, holiday supplies won't last. Shop now at HOMEDICS.com. The perfectly relaxing, perfectly giftable gift is at Homedics.com and major retailers everywhere. Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth one free window replacement offer.
1: 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992.
0: Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details.
3: Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home, guaranteed fixed or replaced, with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back.
1: 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. That's 800-410-4771. Welcome
2: back. World Soccer Radio. Before we get on with the rest of the show, I wanted to highlight a couple of other podcasts on our podcast network. That is the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, You should check out BSI the Podcast. It's hosted by former and current USL and MLS players Benny Failhaber, Sal Ziso, and Ike Parra. BSI the Podcast is a show where our hosts call up a weekly guest to discuss soccer, current events, share behind-the-scenes stories, have a right old chinwag, good stuff. Of course, my favorite section is Ike's interrogation, where they pepper their guest with fan questions. Also, Shep Messing, the Daily Cast. Now, MLS season is over. When the season is in full swing, Shep, of course, talks New York Red Bulls, because if you know anything about soccer in the United States, Shep Messing, an absolute legend and a New York legend. But with MLS season done and dusted, Shep talks global soccer, and as a man who has played alongside Pele, there's no one more qualified to talk global the global game than Shep. So if you're a protector of the prosaic, or you're a soccer fan, or even just a sports fan, be sure to check out BSI, the podcast, or the Shep Messing Daily Cast, or even better, both, at Believe Podcast Network, as long as you are downloading my podcast as well. Check them out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Believe. All right, let's get back to the show, shall we? We're talking the Premier League, and we covered all of the Saturday matches: Wolves, Villa, Newcastle, West Brom, Man U, Man City. Oh, what a snooze fest that was! Everton, Chelsea, big surprises. Chelsea dropped points, and, and I think that for me was the biggest surprise in that match. Was not that Chelsea dropped points? I think we could have looked at the weekend's matches, and we would have been surprised at all the top quote, big six teams dropped points. I love the idea of big six, right? It's great. I'm sorry, it really insults teams like Wolves and Everton (laughs) and uh, other teams that have aspirations like Leicester City, who for some reason don't fall into a big six category either. But they all drop points. But I think the surprise to me was actually that Chelsea dropped all three points. And uh, I don't mean to lump disrespect on Everton, but... They are a club that is building for the future and building well. Great manager in Ancelotti, uh, lots of money. They've been investing well. But it takes time to build a club. And they're doing that. So I was surprised. But be that as it may, let's move on to the rest of the Saturday matches. Then we moved along to... We did Everton-Chelsea. That was a Saturday match, so I actually mean Sunday matches. Uh, Crystal, uh, let's move along to Southampton-Sheffield United at St. Mary's. Now, I actually had this one correct. I I predicted Southampton would win this match, and indeed they did by a scoreline of three goals to nil. Uh, Look, I don't know what to say about Sheffield United that I haven't said over the last few weeks. This is a club... That last year came up to the Premier League and made a decision that they didn't need to, or not that they didn't need to, don't get get me wrong, that philosophically what they wanted to do was that they wanted to go with the players that had got them promotion because they did it in emphatic fashion. And build a squad and add a little bit here and a little bit there, but kind of keep the cohesiveness and the chemistry together. And for most of last season, it worked. The end run of last season saw them lose, I want to say, the last three games in a row. I'll tell you what, I'll pull up the records here while I'm talking to you. And keep in mind that Sheffield United finished ninth in the table last year. And yes, they lost the last three games in a row. They lost to Leeds United, they lost to Everton. And they lost to uh, Southampton 3-1, which is no surprise that that's what they they lost to Southampton uh, this season as well. But they've lost the last three in a row, which means if you look at Sheffield United going back to last season, in the last 15 matches, they have lost 14 and drawn one. Think about that for a minute. They've lost the last 14 matches and drawn one in their last 15. They are winless in 15. I cannot believe that Chris Wilder still has a job. And would I say that this is Chris Wilder's fault? No, I, I don't think it's all Chris Wilder's fault. But I think sometimes if you make a philosophical statement or point and you say, we're not gonna add to the team, we're gonna go with the guys that got us here and that it did fine for you last season, but clearly at some point something had to change tactically, strategically. God, put put you know all 11 men behind the ball just to try to get a point out of a match. Something has to give at Sheffield United, and I would think that Chris Wilder has to be first on the chopping block. We will see. Of course, he's not first on the chopping block. We know that. We're going to get to the the, the man that is the first one on the chopping block in a second. But Sheffield United are just awful, and I am loath to say it because I appreciate Sheffield United. I, I really do. But right now, Fulham who is in the last relegation spot, has eight points. Sheffield United has one. In 12 matches, Sheffield United have scored five goals. Fulham have scored 12. Staying in the Premier League is all about having the ability to put the ball in the back of the net if you have to, when you need to. Yes, defensive records are really important. But if you're going to say to me, Nick, what's more important, scoring or defending for the Premier League? I'm going to say, well, of course it's both. But if I have to say scoring first, defending second, I'm going to do that. If you're a team like Sheffield United, Fulham, Brighton, Leeds. Because at the end of the day, you're never going to be able to defend a Tottenham Hotspur or a Liverpool or a Leicester City or a Chelsea they just score too many goals you're going to concede goals to them you have to be able to turn around and score goals back and sheffield united not doing that so they will be relegated mark my words sheffield united will be relegated and it doesn't get any easier for sheffield united by the way because on thursday they will be hosting manchester united and if there's one match that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wanted to have now to get a breather, to be able to get a W, to be able to put that dour Manchester derby, although I'm not sure he's disappointed with the result and the exit from the Champions League behind them, it is edging their way up the table and getting three points. Unfortunately for them, Manchester City are going to be facing West Brom, the other relegation struggler uh, at home for City, so it's unlikely there's going to be a whole lot more point differential between them. Right now, one point, um, United are ahead of City by one point. But let's get let's get on with it because I'm really taking my time here and we've got a lot more matches to get to. Um, Crystal Palace Tottenham was a surprise, but I don't really know that it should have been a surprise. I think Tottenham are a wonderful team and they are in terrific form. They really are. I, I, I think they had a slightly off day but Crystal Palace did not and Palace came out and they put the pressure on Tottenham and it was 1-1 and you know that actually in my mind was a fairly fair result so I was surprised because Tottenham were the favorites at minus 150 on the money line but regardless the plus 255 draw took place and Palace get well-deserved points at Selhurst Park. Let's move on to Liverpool-Fulham, because this one was a shocker for many people. And yes, I predicted Liverpool to win, and at 303, three, they were the money line favorites to win here. And they were behind, and they had to come back, and they won it 1-1. But I, I'm going to make a comment to you about why this game might have looked different to you, and why I think Jurgen Klopp Probably wasn't shocked they didn't take a point. First of all, away from home, Liverpool haven't been great. Let's just leave it right there. They have not been great away from home. They haven't dropped that many points. I mean, they've, they've been getting draws as opposed to wins. But when they So when they're away from home, the home team always has to take it to the defending team. And the way Liverpool play with a very high line... If, those, if that team, the attacking team, can get behind the high line, they can make a lot of opportunities happen. And given the fact there's been no Virgil van Dijk, and so it's been uh, some rotation in the back, and a little bit of improvisation, and of course the, we've had goalkeeper injuries, etc., etc., we shouldn't be surprised that Liverpool have dropped points away from home. At Craven Cottage, however, it, it's, it's magnified even more by the fact that this is one of the smallest pitches in the Premier League. Don't think all pitches are 110 by 75, because they're not. Craven Cottage, 109 by 71. Folks, we're talking yards here. So keep in mind, that is a substantially narrower pitch than you would get at an Anfield, or at a Selhurst Park, or at the Amex, or at the uh, the Etihad, or the Emirates. And a narrower, more compressed pitch speaks to a team like Fulham, being able to get a result and to put a lot of pressure on Liverpool, which they did, and they got a well-deserved point. Nothing else to say, really. Yeah, you can talk about potential fouls. Was it two hands on the back of Mohamed Salah? Blah blah blah. But you know that stuff generally. That stuff generally evens itself up. So I wasn't shocked. I'm still not shocked. Uh, Let's go to the uh, Leicester beat Brighton. No shocker. What a wonderful team Leicester are. I want to talk about the dumpster fire that is Arsenal. Granit Xhaka is an absolute disgrace. Sent off for violent conduct. Did he deserve it? Absolutely he deserved it. It is what happens when your team starts spiraling out of control. At the Emirates, no less. At their soulless stadium. Of course, they sold their soul when they sold Highbury. Arsenal, just an absolute atrocious team. The talent's not there. The manager is out of his league. And he may be, by the way, you you throw Mikel Arteta into a squad like Chelsea, maybe you'll get the same result. Of course, the Arsenal squad is stale and old and slow and not really that great. But the fact that Arteta has lost the locker room, which he clearly has, tells me that Stan Kroenke is going to have to wake up off his uh, cocoa-infused coma and look at his club and say, you know what, I'm gonna have to invest some money, I'm gonna have to make some changes, because if I don't watch it, we can get sucked into a relegation fight here. Uh, Just thank God that we've got teams like West Brom, and we've got teams like Sheffield United that are just so god-awful right now that we're gonna stay safe. But right now, Arsenal are 15th place in the league, and that, my friends, is where they deserve to be. They are absolutely horrible. And you can say what happened to the great Arsenal, I'm just going to say this. It doesn't matter whether it's Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, whoever it is, when you lose a legendary manager that has been the linchpin, the core and the identity of your club, it takes a long time, a long time to build back after it. All right, this is World Soccer Radio presented by betonline.ag. I'm Nick Gieber. Every Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern time for you early birds on Sports Overnight America. I'll be right back to wrap it up after the break. All right, welcome back. World Soccer Radio presented by BetOnline.ag. I would to remind everyone that wants to place, say, an odd wager or two on sports, head over to our title sponsor, BetOnline.ag. They've got everything you might want, all the football you could imagine, uh, Europa League, Champions League, Premier League, your league, the other league, all the leagues. Of course, congratulations to the Columbus crew for winning the MLS Cup or MLS Cup. Well done. We've gone through all the Saturday matches, the Sunday matches, really with the exception of Leicester Brighton. I don't really know what else to say about that match except uh, Leicester 1-3-0 at home, as, as they should do against a Brighton team. That, that's not great. No, I don't think Brighton are going to be in the relegation battle, not with teams like Sheffield and West Brom. But... Leicester City, how about that? Brendan Rodgers bouncing back after the Liverpool loss and then that surprise Fulham loss. They've had back-to-back wins against Sheffield and, um, and uh, Brighton, as we discussed. They now find themselves in third place, only a point behind Tottenham and Liverpool. It is an exciting title race this year. And of course, right now, Southampton in fourth spot as well. So good stuff. Let's continue to follow it. Again, tomorrow, we have two matches. Wolverhampton Wanderers-Chelsea at the Molyneux and Man City-West Brom. I predict a Chelsea-away win and a Man City-home win. Those are my two predictions. Okay, um, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Just a reminder, tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. uh, Then again, midnight and 3 a.m. on the East Coast, I will be back with you for more World Soccer Radio. In the meantime, I'd like to thank... Everyone at the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and SiriusXM for making the show happen. Always a privilege to be able to do this. And I hope you will make me a regular part of your week. In the meantime, you can go to the podcast, our podcast network, the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V. Check us out and subscribe because if you missed any part of this show, it will be available up on the network well within about three minutes of the conclusion of the show. Right, enjoy the football tomorrow. We'll chat after. Cheers. Speak to you tomorrow on World Soccer Radio.
7: Hi, this is Ron Barr. If you like insightful, interesting sports talk and interviews with the biggest names in sports, then join us for Sports Byline USA, coming up next on the worldwide Sports Byline USA Network.